Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Welcome back, everyone. We are back in town from, we were in New Mexico, enjoying the great outdoors. We had the best time with uh, my wife's cousin's house, so we thanked them. It was amazing to have what I would call a hotel. Most people would call a vacation house. I call it a hotel because it had its own sports bar, but that's our good luck, and I'm sorry you guys weren't with us. And guess who's still not here? It's me again, though. We're it's back okay. to dad's. Daughters, yeah. Dollars, and Deanne. <laughs> and Deanne, that's right. So my lovely wife, who does the intro and outro, is with us again. And she brought up something that I think is really important because I'm similar in a sort of a way, but I have a different approach to it. So today we're talking about money hangups and what various hangups that people have on money and how you can address them. So I know you want to start with a question I, of, of I how do. you feel. Yes, because I have a huge money hang up. And that is that I am afraid to spend money. Um, You know, money was kind of always tight when I was growing up and it definitely shaped me. And so now as an adult, I still have trouble spending money and I would like to find a middle ground. Teach me how to throw it around, honey. Okay, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So, So let me start with As we talked in the IRS show, there's actual a fear of spending. It's an actual thing that people go to therapy for. Oh my God, another phobia to add to my list, people. This is wrong. This phobia is called chrome, uh, chrome toe-phobia. Oh my God. It's the fear of spending money. All right. Let me just start with, as your therapist on this journey, fear of what you don't know about is a really good fear. The same fear that tells us don't walk down that alley, it's dark, and this neighborhood's not a good neighborhood, is a good fear. When you don't have a lot of knowledge about money, and Caitlin and I have talked about, and you and I have talked about, and then several people who have given me feedback about the podcast have said, we're never taught this stuff in school. I could go to Harvard. I'm not taught this in school about personal finance, about finding a mortgage, about compounding. We're just not taught it in high school, middle school, Never. We're never taught it. So if you have a fear, it's a good fear because you don't know about it. But probably, I told Caitlin, you could develop your own financial philosophy by reading like three books, listening to a couple of podcasts, and reading seven or eight articles. And you should keep evolving. It doesn't mean you have to constantly do that. But you could come up with your own financial philosophy after two months. Okay. All right. So- I really believe that. And I really believe that most people can do it themselves. I know some people are not cut from the same cloth as me, but I believe the majority of people could do this themselves. So you having a fear over money is natural because you didn't learn about it. Right. But I I have to say that I would think I'm in the minority. I, I can't imagine there are that many people that have that issue as opposed to the other people who spend too much money, who, who are constantly spending money and, you know, right. they're not realizing how it affects them. And then they get the bills and they're like, oh, my God, how is this happening? And yet they continue to do that same cycle on a regular basis. I believe you're probably right that more people spend without thinking. But part of it, 
there's no doubt, and it's through all the studies, it, it does have something to do with your childhood, how you were brought up. Right. If you, you know, didn't spend a lot of money and you didn't have a second home and constantly a new car every two to three years, then maybe you ha- you were living on a tighter budget, but you, you didn't, you couldn't say that, oh my God, my childhood was terrible, right? No, my childhood was, was great, but you know, I was the third, uh, child right and my brother and sister were uh definitely a little bit older than me um and so there was a lot of hand-me-downs in my closet right like everything okay so we talked about (laughs) it's natural to be fear of something you don't have sort of an education about it and in general middle school high school college they don't teach you about finances you could take a class in economics but it's not about personal finance in general right it's how the economic system maybe works in our country right not how to go get well, a mortgage can you imagine how better off every they, would be th- yeah everybody would be if there was just a just one little class on finance i could tell you this i without a doubt i started listening to podcasts about 18 20 years ago I would say that we are financially independent today from me listening to those financial podcasts. Right. Yeah, I agree. Because I was just curious and I wanted to have my own philosophy and then we're financially independent because of that. Let me bring up another reason why you are fearful. Okay. There's an anxiety about money that comes from a lack of stability of your income. Oh, you work in show business and you're a freelancer. That means you never know from day to day if your show's going to get canceled. Right. You are currently going into what, your sixth season on The Connors? This is our fifth season, but fifth it's season. our sixth if you include our first yeah, season the, as well. The first season. little, right. Yeah. So my point is you never know, and you even talked to me about this, when this season's over, I wonder if I'll get hired again. And right. you've been doing this well over 30 years. Right. So there's a natural lack of stability in show business. Mm-hmm. So people either take that two ways. They try and show off by spending money or they save maybe more than they have to because they don't know where their next job's coming from. You and I fall into the latter category. We're always like, oh, we don't know, so we better save the majority of our salary as opposed to spending the majority of our salary or maybe buying a house that's a little bit over what our salary is. Right. So it's natural to have those things because you're freelance. So you want to... You find it hard to justify spending money on things that feel frivolous. And that's a good feeling. And most people don't have that. When you learn more about money, the fear and intimidation will go away. And I'm telling you, just listening to this podcast, I know you haven't heard all the episodes, but you've heard some. But if you listen to all the podcast episodes, I believe you would have a lot less intimidation about money. I've totally listened to all the podcasts. What are you talking about? <laughs> she said with a sly smile. No, I'm, I'm a little insulted, people. Here's the other listened thing. Listen to all the podcasts. You are naturally smart. And once you learn to get over this fear, because you got a little bit of education, then you'll be able to spend money easier. So here's, <laughs> here's one of the keys. Oh, look, we have an extra guest on the episode. I don't know if you just heard Yogi, but he just chimed in. <laughs> That's our lovely dog who, who wants to uh, be part he of the show He wants to talk about week. money, too. All right. So here's one thing you can do. Identify your values, right? So you write down your short, medium, and long-term goals. Uh, and you write them down, then rank them in importance. So here's a perfect example. 
I've done something like this, but it's not necessarily money goals. It was more along the lines of like a bucket list thing. You and I have talked about, let's go to all the Grand Slam tennis tournaments because you grew tennis. Uh, you yeah, played we were, tennis growing we were up. a tennis family, yeah. And I, I enjoy tennis. I didn't play it growing up, but I really enjoy it. So we're, we want to go to Wimbledon, a U.S. Open, French Open, Australian Open. So those are on my bucket list of like we save the money to travel to those or do those in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we want to have a house on the water, which would be a second house. I am actively looking to do that. And I love that about this man. Okay, go ahead. So the very first time we went to Hawaii, we fell in love with being by the ocean. And whether we're by a lake or an ocean, we need to be by the water. So we're going to actively start looking for a house there too. And so that would be part of my bucket list. And all these years of saving have led us to having that possible dream. Um, so when you when you write down these goals, it'll give you like, you know what, having um, 13 pairs of shoes for 13 different events is not as important as having six pairs of shoes, but saving more money towards the bigger goal, maybe. Right. And with all the research that's been done, it's been proven that having experiences is a lot more, um, people say in the long run, is a lot more beneficial to them. They remember their child's wedding, their kid's graduation, their the time they hit the home run for the first time and felt good about themselves. Right. Those experiences are much more important and long-lasting than having whatever, a Beanie Baby collection. Because it might be fun in the moment, but then maybe you turn 50 years old and go, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I get how something like that is going to bring you joy, but I, I think you just have to weigh it against what you're potentially giving up in the future to spend money Correct. on Correct, and that's new. why you write down short, yeah. medium and long-term goals. Right. And it's in terms of finances or maybe it's sort of bucket list things that you really would be important to you. Right. All right. So that's the first two things we talked about, about why you have this anxiety and how you can overcome it by writing down goals. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm talking about, I'm going to talk about prioritizing your spending. And then I want to sum it up with some words I heard about a year ago that I think are so, so important to both spending and how you think about spending. Okay. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, so we're back and we're talking about money hangups and my wife brought up Deanne, who's with our guest again this week, the co-host. She brought up again about how when she was growing up, they didn't really spend money. So as an adult, even though we have more money and we don't have a lot of debt, it's hard for her because that's how she grew up. I mean, literally we got Yogi 11 months ago and- 10 months ago, he ate my slippers, and it's taken me this long to buy a replacement pair of slippers. $21 I couldn't spend. And I, and I brought it up a couple of different times, and I just I didn't do it. I didn't so, do it. and for those of you who are just tuning in, Yogi is our dog that we got yeah. 11 months ago. Yeah. All right. So, your goal when you spend money is to make sure that it doesn't feel frivolous in the long term. It's not to buy something, you know, okay, I, this will you know, put a little Band-Aid on however I'm feeling bad about myself now. But in five years, how am I going to feel about this? So um, you have to make a, wi- a a choice based on whatever wisdom is for you in the long term as, as opposed to whatever frivolous need you have now. 
So all spending and all transactions have to be evaluated. Is it a want or is it a need? I need to buy new shoes for my kid's school. Yeah, see, and that that's kind of, you're getting into retail therapy, I feel like, where you, you have, you know, somebody that has to buy something to make themselves feel, feel better. Right. And, and it, it just crush, it, it just hurts me that, that all the money that people spend and, you know, even if it's a little, a, a little bit, but it's a little bit all the time. And so, you know, I feel like a nutritionist when you're trying to lose weight, lose weight, we'll have you, uh, you know, write down a food diary. And I feel like some people who have a spending problem should write down a money diary. What, what are you spending money on this week or this month? How much does it all cost? And do you really need all of those things on that list? And how much money could you have saved or put elsewhere? You know, whether it's invest or, or pay down a, a bill or college loan or, or what or a loan, whatever it is, how much could you be getting ahead if you're not spending that money? Such money diary does exist. Oh, look at that. It's called a budgeting app. Oh. And we talked about it in episode 318, which was called Caitlin Needs a Budgeting App. Okay. And I did hear that. I want you to know I did hear that. Yeah. But she said smiling. No, no, I am smiling because I'm not good with apps. So then you have me who doesn't do apps. So that will lead to the last part of this episode, but I want to get into So we talked about YNAB, which is Y-N-A-B, which is you need a budget. Mm. Mint and personal capital were three of the ones that we talked about and reviewed. Yes. And I, I forget which one my daughter said she was using. It might've been Mint. There's, there's free versions and there's pay versions. I know two friends that had their kids who were like 12, 13 years old on YNAB and they said it made a huge difference. If they were getting an allowance and they, they worked a summer job or something like that, they would come home and if they were going out with friends for pizza or something like that, but they were really saving for X, let's say it's the video game, it's the skateboard, it's the whatever. When it was in this app and I gave you, let's say seven categories and this is you know, food spending and this is charity and this is whatever, they would look at it and go, uh, I, their kid would actually say, I, I don't want to go out for pizza today. You want to come over to my house and just watch a movie? That's and great. they wouldn't spend money because yeah. he was dying to get that skateboard or right. that video game. And that's great. And so the budgeting apps have been proven to really help people. Well, good. So it's it's certainly worth using. Um, I know you've also talked about um, people who are different kinds of spenders whether they dive right into big purchases or they're nickel and dime spenders, and right. that's what's giving them a ton of debt. Right. Same thing applies. They should be getting a budgeting app, right? Like a YNAB Mint Personal Capital, and I forget the other one we reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing: I want to tell you about spending money. Two things that really affect how much you can spend, how much debt you have. Mm-hmm. So if you can reduce debt, and by the way. You and I have none. What? Yeah, no, I knew that. So our house is paid off. Yeah. My daughter has no college loans. Yeah. And all our cars are paid off. Yeah, we're very Those are the three big expenses. We're very lucky. So we're in really good shape there. Yeah. The other way is, the other way you can affect whether you can spend or feel good about spending is by saving. And we were 
all three of us were great savers. So our daughter at age 25 is doing very well in terms of her saving. Mm -hmm. And you and I can retire tomorrow. Based on our based on our saving, <laughs> and you have a husband who's going to be looking for a house by the water. Okay, you guys did. Somebody write that down. Okay, get it notarized. Thank you. So my point is, I would like you as a piece of homework, and you can come back on another episode. Write down a list of things you really want, like oh, I, I like for instance, we just bought you an electric car that I know you love. Mm-hmm. But what are things, whether it's big or small? For me, it's traveling. Mm-hmm. I want to see 50 countries. And it's whether I go to France and then, you know, on the same trip, we see three other countries. Right. I, to me, that, to see all that culture, those life experiences would be insane to me. I would love that. Right. I love sports just like you do and our daughter does. Mm-hmm. So whether it's me competing in sports, like last year when I flew to um, Portugal, I ran a 8K, which for those who don't know is five miles, I had the best time. I'm running with all these people. I'm out there on this bridge at six in the morning waiting for the race to start while we're all lining up. Mm-hmm. And it, there were about, I don't know, 8,000, 10,000 of us crazy people who got up at five in the morning to get on a shuttle bus to be out there at six in the morning so that the race started at seven in the morning. Crazy. And it was it was a five-mile race and it was a half marathon. So right. some were doing one uh, the other one. Right. I had the best time. The finish yeah. line was great. It was a life experience I will always remember. Right. We went to Dublin. I ran a 5K over there. I yes, had the time did. of my life. I remember that Met too. some lovely people that I just loved. Mm-hmm. I want all those experiences. Right. So that's the stuff that goes on my list. You have to decide what goes on your list, whether it's these are the charities I really want to give to. And I want to give X amount each year. These are the dogs I want to save. These are the cities I have to visit. All right. Well, I'm going to get on that list ASAP. Okay. All right. All right. So here's the part of the show that if you haven't listened to anything else out there, I hope you're listening to this. And it's Words Matter. I was watching online a YouTube video, and it was like a a conference, and it was about manifesting. You know, whether it's money or it's abundance or things you want in your life. And they said, never say the words, and I believe it, never say the words I can't afford. Okay. So someone says, oh, we're getting a new car. What about you? Well, don't say I can't afford. You say these words. It's not in the budget right now. Okay. Because by saying I can't afford, it puts in the back of your mind to never look for that car you really did want. Maybe that electric car that you said, wow, that's so expensive, but it's something I've always wanted. You and your mind have now just convinced yourself by saying, I can't afford. Maybe I should never get that even when I can afford it. Right. But if you say it's not in the budget right now, it means in the future, if I want it, I'll get it. Okay. I like that. So- Not in the budget right now is something that I hope everybody who listens to this will listen to. All right. The other thing is a a thing I heard a year ago, and I can't believe I haven't heard this sooner, but I think it's so, so true. And the saying is, if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. So we did an episode, or I think it was episode seven or eight of the first season, where we talked about how women investors are better than men investors, and all the studies have been shown that it's true. 
And it's because women can control their emotions better than men. Thank you very much. Yes, we can. So here's the thing. Because if you were told, hey, invest $200 a month into this index fund and just put it on autopilot and make sure it just gets taken out of your check and it's automatically invested every month and just look at it in 20 years, women will do that. Men will try and play with it yeah. and try and make it better and, and even better and better. And all that playing around usually makes them come out worse. Yes. So if you argue for your limitations, if you say as a woman or any man out there, I'm not good at math. I never learned anything about money. I'm not good at finance. If you say all those things to yourself, you're arguing for them to be true. Yeah. You're arguing for your limitations. If you argue for your limitations that you're not good at math, you get to keep them. If you do, I'm telling you, two to three months of reading two or three books, we've done a number of episodes on things I believe you should read, and we're going to do more of those. Uh, blogs I think you should read. Uh, newspapers of various columnists I think you should read. I'm telling you, if you did two to three months of saying, I'm going to read or listen to a podcast three times a week for three months, you would have a financial philosophy. Okay. And then you would feel less fearful. Well, I mean, I, I, I am fearful for, for different reasons um, and valid reasons as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, I'm dyslexic, and so I had a, a learning uh, – a comprehension problem. And so I get things backwards a lot of times and that makes me fearful and especially numbers. Numbers kind of swirl around in my head. And But um, you can actually have someone myself or your daughter type in, okay, I'm going to invest $200 right. every month. No, and no, no, I understand. You typed in the I, right number. I absolutely understand that. But, but, you know, when something is ingrained in your head, it's hard to, it's hard to turn it around. So uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has, you know, Right. that that fear. And so, you know, to to everybody out there that's that you know might be in my shoes as well, you know, just stick it out and be positive and and do everything, you know, say the words that Sean is saying because it's not going to hurt. <laughs> well, let me say the other half of that saying. So the first half of the saying was if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. The second half of that saying is if you argue for your possibilities, you get to create them. Yeah. Did I ever think I was going to have a house by the water at when I was a kid? No, but I didn't think I wasn't. Right. I didn't allow myself to think it wasn't possible. Right. So I'm like, I didn't specifically, when we first started saving, my idea was to pay for her to go to college. Right. And to have us have a house that was paid off before she went to college. Those were two goals I had in my mind and I never really told you about, but I'm like... Let me see how much of my salary I can put towards extra principal. Yeah, no, I knew, I knew. You told me that type of thing. Yeah. So, but I didn't have specifically. Let's buy a house on the water. Then all the times we've gone to Hawaii and stayed on a hotel on the water, and we've stayed at like Malibu Beach Inn, and mm -hmm. we had like right on the water. Mm -hmm. It was so relaxing and so like life reaffirming. Right. That I really, really want one. It is a life goal now. Right. And we will have it. All right. I'm positive of it. All right. So, but my point is, say no to that. <laughs> if you argue for your possibilities, right, you get to create them. So, if someone said to me, "Are you going to have a house on the lake?" Yeah, I think so. Awesome. I'm not going to say, "Oh, are you crazy? You know how much debt I have? I'm never going to have it." Right. 
The minute you say that, you've put it in your mind to never look for one, to never maybe budget to get out of debt. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping you guys got something out of this. I know how smart my wife is. So I know... In general, you allow me to do all the paying of bills and stuff like that because it's not your comfort zone. But if you just learn a little bit more, your comfort zone will be fine. And you could literally, because we're with Schwab, you could call up Schwab and say, I want to put so much money into this thing. Could you make sure I put in the right numbers because I'm dyslexic? Right, right. And they would make sure the right no, numbers I mean, were put in. The, uh, I will say that I, I have a lot of common sense and common sense, you know, when I sit and I'm a good critical thinker. And so when I sit down, I think that I compensate for, you know, my dyslexia and I double and triple check myself. And so I, I try to compensate for the things that, that I know are my, you know, my little downsides. But, um, but yeah, uh, because the finances have, have always daunted me, you've kind of been a good guy and, and kind of taken charge of that, which, it's well, and probably I'll, not really I can, a good thing I can for tell me. you where that goes back to for me. <laughs> I always grew up as a responsible person, and it's the way my person, my parents raised me. But I always thought that if I took on any sort of money thing, so I have a credit card and I buy a TV, and I the TV costs four hundred dollars, I'm paying off that four hundred dollars. I'm not like being a bad right. Well, I've always been the same way. I, I've if always I buy a house. I'm paying off that house. Yeah. If I buy a car, I'm not like, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I'll figure out how to pay it off later. No, I always like, no, I'm a responsible person. I'm going to do yeah. my half of the commitment. Right. You decide to give me that car for less than the full price right now, but you said, please pay the full price eventually. And I'm like, okay, that's the other half of the deal. I'll follow through. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a personal responsibility thing. Right. And both of us and our daughter were lucky enough. We're all kind of like that. Yeah. We all have the same mindset. So I'm hoping everybody out there got something out of this episode. We've heard from a number of people about various episodes, and we're going to throw some of their ideas into future episodes, which we're really grateful for all the feedback. I want to thank my wife for being on this episode Hi, again. Thanks for having me. That's three me. in a row. Three in a row. When yeah. the daughter is doing Costa Rica and France, she's and now she's doing the busy. U.S. U.S. Open tennis. Very busy. She's like wildly successful, and we're very happy for we her. Are. But she will be back. Yes. Even if she has to call in from parts unknown. Exactly. She will be part that, of this. That might but be the next thing. Right now, her time schedule doesn't quite allow for her to be here this week. Yeah. But we're hoping to have her for next week. Absolutely. And thank you for having me again, Mr. Mulcahy. You're welcome. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for listening and please subscribe. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.